0: You're listening to The Extra Podcast, a podcast produced by Northview Community Church. Each episode, we discuss a current event, a theological or cultural topic, and answer a listener's question. We take our faith seriously, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. So we invite you to laugh with us or at us. We hope you enjoy this episode as Greg, Stephanie, Jeff, and I will talk about the election and the Vision Weekend from two weeks ago, where we go in depth about what a healthy church looks like. If you want to learn more about Northview, go to northview.org. And if you have a question you want us to answer in an upcoming episode, email extra at northview.org. Welcome to the Extra Podcast. I'm Adam Wormald. I'm here with Greg Harris. Hello. Jeff Bucknam.
1: Hi, Adam. It's nice to see you today. You're wearing a shirt that says Kangal on it. What does Kangal mean?
0: Uh, It's got to be some sort of reference to the kangaroo logo.
1: Oh, cool. So it's kind of an Australian shirt. I think so. Wow! Yeah,
0: and we're here with Stephanie.
2: Hey, everyone! Oh, <gasps>
0: Stephanie, you got
1: your own microphone. Hey, She speaks. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, exciting times, guys. Uh, I was here last week making a call to people, the North or the extra podcast listeners, and I'm excited to say this is
2: the last episode. <laughs>
1: So you got feedback, and the feedback was largely "kill it." You kill did. It now. You did
2: make the analogy it's last ri- episode. With, it's
1: writhing on the ground after yeah, being hit by a car. Yeah. So you put made, a bullet into its head.
2: You made the analogy with NBC. Yeah, when you let into the question, which yep. no longer exists as yeah. a ministry of the church. Yeah, a lot so, of
0: people love it, but sorry, Adam, we're are you here saying, to crush your dreams? Are we?
1: You saying that we're no longer going to do a podcast?
0: Uh, I don't know. Actually, you know what? Just to hold, get rid of the suspense, for now, we are continuing the extra podcast. Okay,
1: so you do know. What? You just said, I don't know.
0: Uh, No, I mean, we still have lots of dreams and visions and ideas for the podcast, which I think will continue to change and evolve.
1: So it's an evolving podcast.
0: Yes. Can we call it that? Yes, the church is very on board with evolution. (laughs) Right, of, Jeff. Of, Our pod- church? of podcasts, yeah, absolutely. Okay, no, like no. We in reality, we got uh, some great feedback. I'm going to give some shout outs here. Ryan, I don't know if I should do last names. Audrey, James, Angela, Janelle, Amanda, and several others. Ben and Rose, thank you for your feedback. We appreciate it. Jeff just pulled out uh, a game. He is checking out. He's playing a game on his phone. Which uh, one? Uh, bejeweled. Can that, I tell you something really in,
1: It really interesting that I that I know uh you can get back to thanking all the people who wrote in in just a second uh,
0: brent bent oh okay
1: um and this sounds silly but uh i have done enough educational research in my life to come to the conclusion that uh men in particular struggle to pay attention to things without moving their fingers did you know this like it's why if you give in in edu- in uh schools these days little they'll give yeah. little boys fidget spinners balls or fidget spinners that's what they spinners. were for or something like that, something tactile that they can do, and it, it tends to give them an ability to to listen and pay attention better than if they if they didn't. So I uh, a few years ago when I was in seminary, I used to translate Hebrew while I was in other classes because I, I know it sounds silly, but he, I didn't find I didn't find translating Hebrew that that difficult. It's a lovely language, and I didn't find it that hard, but I could pay attention to something else while I was doing that, and I found myself thinking, oh, I can do this really well. So now mm-hmm. I've been in so many meetings uh, in so many situations where I've had like in-depth conversations, nuanced thought, and I have gotten to the point, in fact, where under the table sometimes I'll play this stupid bejeweled game, and it helps me to focus on what somebody else is saying. Which is counterintuitive because when the person's you're talking to them, you're like, "Why aren't you? Why are you looking at your phone?" And obviously, I wouldn't do it in like a private conversation, but with meetings and other things like that, I've been at elder meetings before, and I've just found myself my my attention kind of starting to fade. And it's the moment I pick up the thing and I start just moving my fingers, I'm right back in. Isn't that crazy? So somebody in the Stephanie's nodding her head vigorously when I say, "Is that crazy?" I don't like no, that, she's a I think No, she's agreeing. No, she's a... not. She's vigorously nodding her head as if to say, you're crazy.
0: I can only focus on one thing at a time. So okay. I would be playing Bejeweled instead of listening S- in on the music. See?
1: Right now, she doesn't know what I just said. Because one thing in a... No. Wait. What?
2: Anyway.
0: <laughs> so back to uh, our list of names here. Alexandra. Uh, Jesse. Christina. <laughs> no, Seriously. Thank you for writing in. Your feedback is much appreciated. We have at least 12 committed listeners, and all of them have positive things to say. So for now, we are going to continue the extra podcast, uh, and we're going to just try some new things um, with varying
2: degrees of success, I'm sure.
1: Will we be involving animals in any of the new things?
2: We should have an animal segment. We just bought a a betta fish for my daughter. We were at a pet store. Yeah, oh, the she beta's wanted, are, she a wanted a puppy? are aggressive. And I said nope.
1: I think if you put another fish in with the beta, it'll eat it.
2: But you know what we ended up kill calling it. our we called our beta fish? Alpha. Huh? It's a little alpha beta gamma joke right there. That's what that is. So do you, we call alpha. You should put Alfie the, which, the beta hey, fish. Which good name. Which one is it <laughs> that you can't put in Adam. the
1: in the thing? I th-
2: I don't I think, I think, think it's, it's beta goldfish. It they, a beta fish. Is it just a beta fish and the other. two
1: beta fish can't go in there? You should be putting two beta fish in there and see what happens.
2: Yeah. So we'll have a we'll have a pet segment on this. Perhaps. Podcast.
0: But speaking of other segments. It's great, great radio. Uh, <laughs> the, the church has gone through some changes. I, I'm becoming privy to this uh, each day that I'm here as the communications director. What's going on? And uh, one of those things is how we get Northview events, news, things to our people. Do we put everything on social media, on the website, do we announce things from the stage? And we've been mixing it up and finding new ways to do it. And the general consensus is there aren't enough ways or places to get that information out. So we are going to make a couple quick announcements here because this is one way that we can communicate with our people. Amazing. So big news this week, Northview Young Adults. Andrew was here a week or two ago. Uh, telling us about one of their worship songs, original worship songs. They just released another one, their second original NYA song. It is excellent. It is excellent. We played a snippet on that podcast and we're going to hear a little short snippet of it right now. We had That's just a taste of the new Nya song called "Give You Praise," which you can find on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else you find digital music—not at HMV. And uh, we're going to play the whole song at the very end of this podcast, so wait around for that.
1: Um, What is HMV?
3: Hmm.
0: Is
1: that a store? Music videos. Yeah, you don't
2: know HMV? Are you being serious? It's a Canadian music store. Oh, it was really? huge. Yeah,
0: Granville, huh. there was almost an entire like. Yes. It was like a compact discs. Yeah. yeah. It would be like the, what's the American one? Not
1: HMV. I had a no. sermon recently where Tower I talked Records.
2: about the compact disc. And I was like, you know, you put on I your remember, favorite CD. And as I, I finished that. saying it, I was like, what am I talking about? No
1: exactly. CD. <laughs> you lost everybody with this CD Everyone comment. in the room was were like, like he's not with it.
0: Yeah. So, uh... For other announcements, I was just browsing the Northview calendar, which you can find on northview.org and just scroll down, and you know what? There are just way too many things to mention. We have stuff going on every day, every night, mornings, evenings, Bible studies everywhere for anyone. Some are super in-depth, some are, I don't know, I'm sure they're all in-depth, but like Precept is different than the women's Bible study, so there's different options. Not massively so,
1: though. We should break clear that Precept is a Bible study that is done what they call inductively. So you look at a passage of Scripture, and you raise questions about what it's trying to say in its context, and you come to those conclusions by studying the context around it and other places in the Scriptures. So the women's Bible study, or the wi- the one that we do, is same thing. They're just two different brands, like Coke and Pepsi. Mm. See how I did that? Mm-hmm. Or RC Cola. Did you guys have RC Cola? Yep.
2: Yeah, they got that at the HMV.
1: Never a big fan of uh, the RC Cola.
0: (laughs) No. Um, So, anyway, if you want to stay informed, go to the website, and in future episodes, we'll have other announcements. But that's kind of all we got for now. So, jumping into our next segment, we're going to talk about a current event this week. We got a huge one, guys. I'm so excited to talk about it. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. We just had the West Coast Women's Show at the Tradex. You
2: know what? We were... Sarah and I were driving around on, this was on Saturday, right? Was it? Yeah. So we were driving around on Saturday and I was, it was raining because we live in Abbotsford. And I said, hey, I wonder if there's anything going on at Tradex we could jump into. And she Googled it and she said, it's a women's show. And I said, yeah, I'm not going
1: yeah. it's a good story? So, it was a
0: great story. And
2: actually... Those words
1: are not things that m- people normally say, though. I when wonder if there's something at the trade, or something going on at the Tradex when that we could jump into. When you're
2: driving around with two kids looking for an indoor activity that's a, to extend that's the day, a thing? and you're driving currently on Mount Lehman towards Tradex, it's a thing you say.
1: Okay. When you're it's like, the
2: bouncy castle exhibit. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. I thought maybe we'd strike gold. Did you? <laughs> no, it was the
0: women's show. We didn't go.
1: So what? what is the women's you show? You know
0: what? I'm just going to cut it off. I don't even know. I just looked on the news. <laughs> Stephanie, <laughs> the, do you have any current, idea what not, the women's uh,
1: show was? The, uh, the, the North, what is it called?
0: West Coast Women's the
1: Show. The West Coast Women's Show was.
0: Well, from friends who I know who've gone, the big highlight is the Fireman calendar. Ooh, okay, okay, let's change well, subjects. Yeah. The real. Uh, remember, the Northview calendar is the one we're promoting today. Um, no, very, the real. It's very different than the. The real. Current the Fireman event.
1: calendar, the Northview calendar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow.
0: So, moving on. Let's. Uh, Thank you for your input, Stephanie. The real. The real uh, current event I wanted to briefly chat about. I don't want to spend all our time on it. We had an election. We did. That's big. It only happens every you know couple of years. So uh, general thoughts. We don't need to spend too much time on it. But
1: I learned an awful lot about uh, Canadian politics mm-hmm. in the last little while and how a minority government can be formed. And also not, and stuff. I kind of I kind of knew it, but this is like, uh, you know, how you know something in your mind and then it happens and you have to actually practice that thing or right. realize how it's going to be practiced. And so I feel like I'm learning much about the parliamentary process.
0: So being an American and what you've just learned, do you think this system has... Benefits over the American, or what are the pros and yeah, cons? The,
1: the pro of this system over the American system is that you have more realistically, you have more than one than two options. You get to pick at between five or six or whatever, and that's that's cool. The downside, I think, is that uh, in a two party system like the U.S., everything kind of gravitates toward the middle because there are like basically the same number in the U.S. of Republicans and Democrats, and the fight usually is over the disenfranchised middle or the group of people so so politically it tends to moderate things mm. whereas in Canada um, you in you know, a minority government especially it seems to me if i understand this right so some people will might 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 correct me but so the greens could basically be a kingmaker or NDP or yeah, whoever NDP could be kingmakers block. Yeah. so or the bloc québécois yeah. and and i'm like okay so here's a here's a group that won very few votes That have very few representatives in the government, and yet they now get to basically hold hostage the party that wants to govern because the only way they can govern is if they're in partnership with them, which seems like you're giving a voice to the smaller party way more than that smaller party's voice should be heard. Does that make sense?
0: So are you? Are we right to think that the NDP are almost more powerful now than the Conservatives because they can?
1: Well, they get to. The, the, yeah, they get to make a deal with the. They they get to try to make a deal with the Liberals to try to figure out how all that works. Which is, of course, I mean, depends on where. I, from what I understand, and again, I don't know a massive amount about Canadian politics. It seems to me that the NDP is a little bit more liberal than the Liberals. So now what you've got, and that's my point, is that you're not gravitating toward the middle when you make the government. You're gravitating now further further left. Whereas in the states, you have to appeal, because there's only two parties, you have to appeal the middle. The problem in the, in the U.S., of course, is that because there's only two parties, nobody likes either candidate mm. in the end. Like, ultimately, nobody really likes the party, even, even if you're uh, really liberal— and uh, the Democrats elect somebody, usually nobody likes that person because they're either too liberal for them or not liberal enough or something like that. So everybody kind of has to hold their nose. So we make jokes in the States about really, after all of this, see, these are the two best people we could come up with for this particular job. You and know, I, it's, yeah. I it's often, difficult.
0: I've sat in classes in university before where I just listen to someone speak about politics or whatever, and I just think, man. They seem to have all of the answers. They're so smart. They've studied mm. this. They've committed their lives to it. And then you see someone like Donald Trump or various other politicians getting elected, and you think, I'm just like, surely they could have just went to Harvard or Stanford or just found someone who's got a real good grasp on what works and what doesn't. And it's like, is that really the best we can do for yeah, the? Yeah, but the person?
1: people who run for government, have, like I, my heart. I feel for them because the amount of, my son asked me this morning in the car, who, like who becomes a, a politician? Who, mm. who does that kind of thing? And I said, you know what? You, you have to have like the thickest skin. I think yeah. most of the people who are serving, I don't care who they are, most of the people serving tend to start doing it because they genuinely think that they can make a difference. Positively. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they have a love for their city or for their country or they have a love for whatever. I, I believe that about Justin Trudeau. I believe that ju- that he really believes that, that if the government followed or if the country followed his way of thinking, it would be a better country. And I think that they're driven by what they perceive as the good. I don't necessarily agree with what they perceive as the good, but I think they start there. Mm. The problem is that power is – it's not just corrupting. Power is is seductive. That you get into it and you start to like all of the perks of it. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you like being called, you know, here in the city. Uh, I was at a at a at a city council meeting a little while ago, and they called the mayor His Worship, and I thought that is the title I need. Right. But you, I mean, I imagine you get used to that, and you get used to being, you know, uh, chauffeured around in in cars and having little flags on the front of it, and being able to travel where you are, and having authority to do what you want. I actually think that's probably what happened with. Trudeau with uh, the the thing, I I think he is that what it was called yes, and I I yeah. don't I don't know a ton about it, but it seems to me that he just thinks that he has more authority than he, he actually does, and there aren't checks and balance. I say the same thing about Trump in the states is that there are, he he thinks he has certain authorities to do things, and he he oversteps his bounds. And so I think that the, the, that's why all the impeachment stuffs going on. Mm. But I I understand why that would be the case for somebody who's been in. Government, because they believe strongly in their viewpoints. They get used to having people say yes to them all the time. In fact, if you don't say yes to them, you, they use political power to get you out of the way so the person who comes in after you will say yes to them. And so it, it's the people end up getting in there, start really genuine and authentic, and then as time goes on, in order to get further on in it, you have to learn how to play this game. Yeah. And the game is... is, is um, what, what do you call it? it? It's not words are escaping me, but like it, it corrupts you a little bit. <laughs> Does that make sense? It's kind of corruptive, hmm. but maybe I'm wrong. What do you guys think?
2: No, I mean my my feedback on on at least the election this year was kind of introspectively. I I felt like I didn't have as strong of emotions this year because leading up to the um, election and everything, I actually decided to remove social media. Off of my phone because I found it was making me anxious, and so I removed all the Facebook and the Instagram and the Twitter because I just I couldn't handle always being on it. And so you took off the Twitter. I took off the Twitter. Did you take off the Instagram? I did. Okay. And right. the Facebook, and uh, and so I was watching just a few different television channels for the Old election school. results, and I was like me and the eighty year olds, <laughs> uh, and uh, I don't know, just not not engaging with the process via social media just de-escalated yeah, so much of it for me because I wasn't tracking the Facebook debates. I wasn't tracking the the wars. I, I wasn't being opening of myself to the algorithms of the Facebook to tell me which articles to click on to get me fired up. And so I, I just found, you know, that maybe this goes with the minority government deal as well. I just felt like for me, it was a little bit more of a mellow, like, all right, let's... See how this works, and this is a little bit of a change, but not like a, t- a a big one. But we'll we'll end up seeing how this plays out. So at the end of the day, when I saw the results at whatever it was, seven oh eight, with the results already in before they even counted BC's votes. Uh yeah, who cares about BC? I, I, we're never done. I uh, I, I honestly, in yeah. my heart as I was doing some dishes, I was like, you know what, Jesus is king, and it's it's amazing that we can participate in a country like this to be a part of a. You know, I I thought when walking in the rain to the voting place about. How there was no one around me, prohibiting me from voting. I didn't have to stand outside for hours to exercise that. Uh, I got to go back into my my car and be in safety. And I thought, you know, what? these are all and in the end, they didn't, little blessings. They didn't
1: actually count your vote, so no, they did. That's good. And
2: they're like, it didn't even matter. <laughs> so, but at the end of the day, you can wash the dishes and you can say, Yep, Jesus is king, and we yeah. should pray for those in authority and we should trust their motives that they're trying to do its best, but we can still disagree with them. When we yeah, think, but that's
1: the beauty, right? And and, and in places like we live in Canada, it's that you can disagree with them, you can do it publicly, and it's okay, mm-hmm. right? You're not, you know, that there's not going to be, you know, there's no fear of reprisal, I don't think, except politically, right? Some people will try to use their political power to try to, you know, dissuade you from doing those sorts right. of things.
0: So here's a segment, uh, a great idea for a segment um, from one of my very favorite podcasts, where they do a thing called yes, no- yes, yes, no, where they invite their older boss to come in with a tweet and ask the two younger normal hosts, what does this tweet Sorry, what, mean?
1: The normal host?
0: Well, the, there's two hosts of the show. So the, ab- but the older person a, is the abnormal Is that what you're he's saying? He's the one that comes in once in a while. Like weird. He's their weird. Boss. No, he's just their <laughs> so boss. Jeff in this He's case? not, yes. Okay. But he comes in with a tweet that he has found that he has no idea what it means because <laughs> it's got layers and layers of cultural references. Yes. And the right. segment is called Yes, Yes, No where the two younger hosts are like, yeah, we know what that means, and he says no, and then they spend 30 minutes trying to help him understand (laughs) what this tweet means. That's actually great. So that's a great segment we could look into. Uh, Transitioning out of this, a lot of great thoughts there. I'm not even going to answer that question because I just want to move on, but uh, I think Craig answered it really well. Um, So, Jeff, last week I wanted to talk about the Vision Weekend, but we spent all our time talking about politics, I think. <laughs> and, so geology. That, and geology. And um, geology. So going back to Vision Weekend, you, you preached a sermon with three points about um, sort of the vision of the Church, and can you give us that that statement that's been getting used quite regularly? What's the statement?
1: We exist to make disciples by multiplying healthy church, local churches.
0: Yes. So you did a great job explaining that and oh, why that means. Thank you, Adam. I'd like to Would go, you specifically
1: like to tell me how I was great, or is it just sort of a general... You were just generally saying that, because uh, I'm old and weird.
0: Yes, yes, no. Yes, yes, no. Okay. No, I That's just want to... Okay. Don't worry about I it. I just want to... If you haven't listened to it, go listen to the sermon. Uh, I just want to ask a couple questions that may not have been addressed fully in this sermon. Um, so
1: so it wasn't... Like, it wasn't good?
3: It,
0: it was like a that was good, but because like a tweet, you know, B B plus. B plus. it was like yeah, it was really yeah, but
1: so this but. is the yeah, but for no, this you. is okay, no. that's
0: fine. No, 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 this is episode one, the original vision for the extra podcast. I just want to go deeper. Okay, this what are the deeper. things we couldn't make? We couldn't make in the sermon, so I want to know how is Northview an example of a healthy local church, and then after you can roll right into it if you want. How are we not? Because I don't want yeah. to. People out there, everyone knows we're not perfect. So what are the ways we do exemplify that, and what are the ways maybe we don't?
1: So one of the things that we're trying to do right now in our pastoral staff and ultimately at our elder board is try to come up with definitions of what we're—like when we say healthy local church, what do we mean by that? What 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 defines a healthy local church? And by the way, there's lots and lots of people who've gone through the process of doing that in the past. You can go online. You can look at Nine Marks, uh, which is exactly what they're trying to argue. Here are nine marks of a healthy local church. There's the Christian Schwartz uh, natural church development stuff, which also argues about what these what are the marks of a healthy church. You've got, you know, the Willow Creek stuff years ago was tried to take Acts two and say these are the marks of a healthy local church. So there's lots and lots of debate about that. So we as a church are trying to come up with what do we mean mm. when we say it. We instinctively know what we mean. So there are some things, for example, that make Northview healthy, and and one w- w- one of them is that we uh, we base our doctrine on on uh, sound biblical what we call hermeneutics. Sound. So we we take what the scriptures are teaching us, and we try to understand them in their context, and then we form our theology from that. So it's not isogential theology; it's exegetical it means it's theology that's formed from out of the the Scriptures themselves. I think that's one of the marks of a healthy church, is that we sit under the Word of God in that sense, yeah?
2: Can I ask a clarifying question? Yes. Uh, for some of our listeners, they might be asking themselves, okay, so sound theology, are you meaning like a biblical theology or a systematic theology? Because some sometimes in some circles we run those...
1: Depends on how you're using those words, Greg. So help me. So what I'm saying is uh, I, I don't really care if you're biblical or systematic. The difference between... Uh, Systematic theology is the belief that the Holy Spirit is the author of Scripture and that the Bible has one thing to say about all the different subjects. Do you understand? So not I don't mean one thing that's not nuanced. I mean one thing. So if you come to the Bible and you ask a question like, What is God like? That's a systematic theological question. You're asking in the entirety of the Bible, how is God revealed in Revelation, in in Genesis, and all these other places, and then you cobble all that together, and you and you might write a book called the systematic theology, saying, well, God is holy, and God is just, and God is gracious, and so all these character traits are you know found in the scriptures, but you're cobbling together the scriptures that speak to that, and, and saying, well, there is one. Statement biblical theology more has to do with well how does John view the Holy Spirit right do you understand mm-hmm. so I mean will you understand but mm-hmm. I'm saying that to the people in the who are listening so anyway when you ask that question I'm saying that uh, our biblical theology leads to our systematic theology so, so I you
2: would say part of a healthy church yes. is a robust theology yes based on the Bible so by
1: biblical theology so again. What I mean is that uh, we understand how John understands things, and we take what John is saying in its context with his certain nuances, and we set it next to Paul and take what he's saying, and we recognize each one of the authors has their own prerogative to emphasize what they want to emphasize, but the Holy Spirit is the author of both, and he's using the particular uh, skill sets and personalities of those authors so we can understand what they're trying to say about God, but then we can still cobble that together and say that the Bible has a... Has one voice about the questions we ask, you know, so, what is hell, and uh, what do we say about those who, n- you know, never heard the gospel? What what happens to them? Stuff like that.
2: So that would inform why normally sermon series we try to rotate back and forth between like an Old Testament and yeah. New Testament is trying to see how the Spirit speaks through yeah. the Word yeah. in a cohesive, coherent. Yeah, way. Yeah, and
1: so we are driven as a church. Doesn't mean that every healthy church is what we call expositional, but. A lot of healthy churches are, because we, we have a high view of the scriptures, we believe that that uh, they're infallible and inerrant, and they believe that they have authority, and so in the end, what we want to do is hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to His people through these authors in the context in which they wrote. And so, that's what, that, so you're going to show up next week, and you're going to hear a sermon on, on Romans 13, and we're going to try to explain it in its context and what its meaning is for us today, that kind of stuff. And I so well, that's one of the healthy. So healthy. That, that's one healthy church. It's not the only one, right? Healthy churches are committed to prayer. I think healthy churches are committed to uh, reproduction, meaning that you know, it's like a healthy Christian is somebody who is a reproducing Christian, right? They're seeking to make disciples of others. Mm. I think that uh, healthy churches are places where the Holy Spirit is is given uh, freedom and license to lead, and we can talk about what that means, uh, where people are using their gifts well means they know them, and they're using their gifts well. Uh, Healthy churches are places that are centered on the gospel, meaning that they understand the gospel is not just for new Christians, but it's for all of us to keep remembering over and over again that the only reason that we're here is because of the grace of God. And so we pass that grace on, so we say no to legalism, and we say yes to the freedom that's found in the gospel, and ultimately we want to form our lives around the fact that, you know, why do we do the things we do? Well, because we're graced, not because we... Oh, not not because we're trying to earn something from God, but because that thing's already been earned in Christ. Mm. So all of these things are listed. Like We, we are trying to come up with a, a number of things. We could say, that, yeah, these are the marks of a healthy local church that we're trying to reproduce all over the place.
2: So I'm hearing you say that this is... We have some intuitive ideas about what we think a healthy local church is, but part of Northview's process of trying to be a church that multiplies healthy local churches is we're actually doing a little bit of an introspective journey yep pastors, elders, staff, yeah. leadership in general, of actually trying to find what, what do we mean when we say healthy?
1: Yeah. So the, so the simple way to say, you know, you talk about what it was our vi- what is our vision. The simple way to say it from my point of view is to say, look, we, we are seeking to be a healthy local church, and we're seeking to multiply healthy local churches. Why? Because we want to make the best disciples we can. Right. So that's what we mean. We make disciples through the multiplication of healthy local churches, and one of those healthy churches is here to so be as healthy as we can, because that's what we're multiplying, what we are. Mm. And then we want to multiply as many as we can. So everything we do as a church, everything we do as a church, what whether it's a program, whether it's a staffing decision, whether it's whatever it is, is our desire to either, one, be a healthier local church here, or two, to multiply that health and that vision in, in cities, especially across Canada and certainly around the world.
2: And, and we would... I mean, I'm speaking on behalf of leadership right now. If you're listening to this and you uh, go to Northview or you appreciate the church, we'd love for you to pray for us mm-hmm. in this process. We we recognize that, you know, oftentimes I'm having conversations with our East Abbey campus staff, and we're in our prayers, we're like, yeah, we don't know what we're doing. So, Lord, if you could help us in this because mm-hmm. we, we desperate, we, this can't be something we just MacGyver ourselves, right? We got to, the Spirit actually has to Sorry, guide who? us in the, is that again? This was on my television at 8.30 p.m. <laughs> On CTV. T- How know? old is MacGyver? <laughs> I don't know. Stephanie, you're, do you know who MacGyver is?
0: I sure do. One of my profs at university used to um, have it? his class go over the, the MacGyver solutions and see if they
2: were actually yeah. possible. This was like when Mark Birch at our leadership conference did his cultural analysis by bringing up The Simpsons and yeah. Mad Magazine. It was good. It was a little flash. No, he did Simpsons and something else. Um, Sorry. I got us off course. It was Saturday Night Live in the eighties? Yeah, thank but, you. Uh, do you know what MacGyver is Adam? I know the name. I'm you know really the verb to MacGyver yeah. something. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. See,
1: okay. Hey, really quick, really quickly though, and very, very importantly, I'll give you a real tangible example of what I mean. So people have asked before, why are we building building, and why are we want to do that kind of stuff? And the answer to the question is because we're seeking to be a healthier local church. And we're seeking to multiply disciples, or make disciples, more of them in the future, so we need to make space for those disciples. But also, well, why don't you go to like eight services here on Sundays and just have them an hour each, and you can preach at each one of them and, and just keep rolling people through. Yeah, like it's uh, we've did, We did that with three services, but we went away from it. And the reason we went away from it is because we thought, wow, the disciples that we're making are not community people. They're not people who are invested in the lives of other Christians, which we think is fundamental to the spiritual growth of Christians. So we need to make our church a place where people can have uh, a community life. It's increasingly more and more.
0: It's our middle name, guys. That's our right, yeah. middle name. We gotta so live by it.
1: The point is, so why, why do this thing? Well, because we've... Why, why build? Well, because we have decided that it, the build that building, among a number of other reasons, will provide for making more and healthier disciples and make us a healthier church in the in the long run.
2: Am I sorry? Can I ask a question? Yeah. Am I wrong in also uh, bringing up the idea, or correct me if I'm wrong, but part of our vision for Northview, our Downsview campus in particular, is that it would have a long term presence in the city of Abbotsford. Oh yeah. And one of the realities of our current campus is that the building is not necessarily going to be well-suited to be standing up in, let's say, <laughs> 20 years. So the, there are
1: other reasons, okay? It's not just that—there are other practical reasons, and one of them is that the old building was built largely uh, on on a chicken barn frame, Right, and we've tried to dress it up as best as we can, slapped a lot of lipstick on that baby, and God bless the people who've— who've done it that when they built it, they said it was a 30 year building. That was about right. They built in 1989 and that's about right. It's 2019. And there are lots and lots of problems uh, with it. And um, which is, but at some point in the next, you know, 10, 15 years, you are going to have to make significant changes, whether it's total renovation, gutting it and putting, you know, making it a, a longer term facility. There's also the open door that we have with uh, the—we're on the agricultural land. Mm -hmm. So the ALC Agricultural Land Commission has opened the door for us to to build, which is awesome because we, through a series of cool providences, we had applied to do this in 1998— and had a building that was not built at the time, and our new designs are fit within the footprint of that old building, so the the, the we've already got permission. Whereas if we were applying for it today, just fresh, they would say no. Hmm. But we've kind of have a grandfathered clause, right. so which is really cool. So that we cool. we should do it now, yep. <laughs> is the idea. And the building that we want to build is the kind of it is essentially going to basically set up. The this church in a position to make healthy disciples. We hope for the next fifty, hundred years, something like that. Yeah. So yeah, there are other reasons as well, but those are some of the chief ones. Uh huh.
0: So I want to pivot a little bit away from my next question and follow up with that. A um, little bit of background on me. I I came here. Tell us about yourself. Yeah, Adam. so I came to this church when I was like twenty one, twenty two, two years ago. How old are you now, Adam? Thirty two. So ten years ago. Wow. Ish. So, did you I, have did you have hair back then, Adam? Yeah. I mean, it was already <laughs> glorious. It was haze. already thinning. It was thinning since I was 16. <laughs> uh so I went to what I thought was a healthy local church and you referenced uh, Acts 2:42 and my church was called Vintage 242 mm. after Acts 2:42. Tw- uh, they were trying to embody what a healthy local church in their minds looked like. And for me, it was like this is incredible. It's small, so community minded they did lots of things to build up a community and i just felt like i was a piece of that church in every way and through various things the church sort of disbanded and i was totally heartbroken i thought this was the first time i felt like i was in a healthy local church this is where i was meant to be and i went i couldn't find a church for 6 months so i was somewhat jaded so i just i didn't go to one and slowly i started i think getting invited to uh, young adults at Northview, Sola, and I had very low views of Northview. Mm-hmm. Probably similar to what many people and I, I had. Adam, lots I just of wanted people.
1: to speak on behalf of Northview. We had a very low view of you as well. Yes. <laughs> so
0: as you should have. I was young and immature, but there you, it so was a sentiment. It was a sentiment. It was a sentiment shared between people I knew and and just Northview. Northview was viewed as the big church that did big things, you know. And and in my mind as a 21-year-old kid, I thought that's just so not what church is about. Granted I'd never been here, I didn't know the leadership, I didn't know what was being preached, I didn't know anything. And so I reluctantly came to young adults and uh heard you, Jeff preach and it was a gospel-filled message unlike I had heard preached in Abbotsford up until that point, even though the preaching at my previous church was incredible too, it made me really start to change the way I thought about Northview. But I said, okay, I can do young adults, but I still can't go to the big church service. Uh, But around that time is when you got invited to be the pastor and the the main preacher. And I thought, ah, great, now I gotta stop going to Northview. But God worked on my heart and said, nope, you're gonna go. And I reluctantly came, but it was through intentional on my part. Dude, and
1: now you're married to one of the pastors.
0: Yes. But it was an intentional for me, it was an intentional, okay, if God's calling me here, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and give this church the benefit of the doubt. And honestly, so what I'm what I'm this long ramble is getting at for those who are new to the church, and because I've heard some of this sentiment even from within this church in the past year, as this multiply has been going on is one of the things that kept me here Jeff was personal conversations with you outside of services where i could hear your heart and your background your passion for the local church and your somewhat and, and you can correct me if i'm wrong discomfort and and feelings about being the pastor of at least in Canada, a megachurch. And I was like, okay, at least he knows as well that this church isn't perfect, but if he's sort of the one preaching the gospel, maybe, I don't know, this church is, I don't know, going to do something. You know what I mean? Like, I do. There's... Like, so what I'm saying is, are you the type of person, is this building, is this beautiful building that might be here in two years that looks from a newcomer like, wow, these guys are extravagant. Look at this big preacher. He must be full of himself. Is that your heart? Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I will prove it by having a statue of myself mm. in the front. It will be just in front of the one of Jesus.
2: The roundabout so. <laughs> by the front door could be called like the Jeff Buckner drop-off. drop-off. <laughs> We can make that happen.
1: We're kidding, by the way. Please hand it all of a sudden. I, I'm totally kidding.
2: It takes years,
0: years to fully. So there's a the there's sarcasm. a genuine
1: uh, uneasiness. So personally, there's a genuine uneasiness that I have with the, the with large churches. Yes, I I was involved in smaller churches my whole days. And uh, in a perfect world, uh, every church would be small enough, uh, large enough to make a difference, and small enough to care. And uh, the problem the problem is uh, you can you can talk about that in, in the idealistic realm but in practicality we you know there are large churches small churches all over the place i think that god has a plan for for all of them i just i've had to come around to uh, understand and appreciate how my gifts fit into a church this size it doesn't mean that Norfe's any better or worse than any other church or that every church that we plant has to be a mega church it our goal is just to make it sure that every church is is healthy in God's providence, some of them will be large, and others will be small. And that's fine. I think that there's a need for all those different kinds of churches. Adam, I will say that one of the things that I've come become accustomed to, though, is that there, ten, there tends to be, and I'm not saying uh, this is completely the case, so I'm, I am going to challenge a little bit of the thinking you had when you came, uh, and it's the thing I had when I came. There, is, there tends to be an anti-large church bias that most of us have, that if it's big, then the people running it must think that they're all that and um, are all showy and have to do everything, whatever, and they spend money like no nobody's business and all that kind of stuff. That n- is not necessarily the case, can be the case, and we all know stories of large churches where the pastors do have statues out in the front, right, or they do Pastor Appreciation Day or their salaries are so obscenely high that it's like, you know, they, they fly around in jets and... Stuff like that, so I, I I get it that that's the case, but that's not that's not necessarily the case uh, here. And a lot of people come in with that bias and don't don't question the bias, and say, well, uh, this church must be fill in the blank because of the building, because of the whatever. But they don't realize that the rationale behind a building or the rationale behind putting, you know, when I was younger it was like we had we put video screens in the hallway of our church. You know, little TVs, flat screen TVs. And I got people complaining to me who were all like in their early 20s. Oh, that's so, you know, lavish and whatever. Well, the reason we put the screens in the hallway was because we had so many young families who were walking their kids around the hallways. And when they were in the hallways, they couldn't engage with the service. So instead of expanding the worship center or building an entire new, like, section, we thought, well, what if we put some couches out there? And put some video screens with some speakers so that they could still engage and their kids could walk, run run around the hallways, and it would be a big deal. And there's a lot of people, I think, who are blessed by that. We, we even make jokes about how we have like a, a hallway community church at our yeah, at a foyer a church, court, the foyer, yeah, foyer court or whatever. And there are people who come along and they sit on the couches because they're just, you know, they struggle with being in the big room or they struggle with it's fine. It, it's no big deal. But I, I think it's very easy for us to become judgmental about uh, large churches, especially these days, and about sometimes about small churches. There's a perceived among small mm-hmm. churches that, oh, they're judging us because we're not as big. That's not actually the case, especially not for me. My, my attitude is, you know what? God's got a place for every one of those those churches. But yeah, I'm totally uneasy with building stuff. I'm totally uneasy with uh, with the fact that my face is on a video screen. Like, honestly, I have a great... I have a face for radio. And so I, you didn't, like, that's a joke that's been used an awful lot before. Yeah, is why we didn't, we didn't laugh. But you didn't laugh at it. No.
3: no. Okay. It's,
1: uh, Stephanie laughed overplayed.
3: at it. I have a joke about geology and, really. and
2: geography. <laughs> if you
3: guys want to. Yeah.
2: It rocks. <laughs> 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 that's where it's at. <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, no, I think I just, yeah, I wanted to hear your heart behind that. Uh, another question about that. When we think about multiplying churches, is it is it the church's goal or vision? And I know the answer to this, but I just want to get it out there. To get you in more and more communities and churches through video, no. are we planting video churches, or what? What is what are we planting? What are we doing? Can you just expand on We're that? We're planting
1: local churches, and the the we see video as a as a transitional model for those places. So.
2: It's a strategy. It's a strategy. It's a church
1: planning strategy. So, uh, for for uh, there will be some places that we're not sure how long it'll last. I mean, like ultimately, I don't know. Greg's sitting here; he's the pastor of East Abbotsford. Like, we're I don't know. Like, if we ever got to the point the city of Abbotsford was large enough that we feel like we could run two separate churches, one on the east side and one over here, then we would do that. And there'd be
2: lots of factors involved with those conversations. If we thought
1: that that was the best thing. Then we do that. Similar in mission, that kind of stuff. But but proximity is a big deal for us. The only the only churches that we would run long term video would be very near to this to, to the Downs Road campus.
0: So the goal is not to make a national gl- a national brand around Northview, so that everyone in Canada knows the name Jeff Bucknam and Northview Community <laughs> Church. No, sorry, that's funny. That well, would be really. Like, that well, would be really. Someone <laughs> are like, well, it's only a matter of time before people, you know, there's the Joel Osteen's and the S- Stephen Furtick's of the world, where oh, they man. have sites all around America. You know, and let me tell
1: you something. I,
0: I just, I know the answer to this. I, I just want to put that to rest. Am about
1: as trendy as you're going to get. First of all, <laughs> my clothing is trendy. My attitude is trendy. I think the more I think the more Canada knows from me, the better. Oh my gosh! No, no, that's not our vision in the slightest. Our vision is to actually try to plant uh, churches locally. That we can be, we can help plant them uh, locally if we use video at the front end. But even if that said, there are some communities even in Abbotsford around here that we just don't think that a video would be the best thing for that that area. So, but if we plant further a field or quite honestly further west, probably west of Langley, we would we would never use video. Just because people in like seriously, New Westminster are not gonna take a preacher in Abbotsford seriously. They're not gonna take a... m they're like if we tried to do something like that in the city, can you imagine? Down at Cole Harbor. Here come listen to the Abbotsford preacher.
0: <laughs> okay, so if that's not the goal, then how are we ensuring that the things that we said are the foundation of a healthy local church are being implemented in those places. Greg, what's
1: the answer to that question?
2: Oh man. The, my first response to be: this is partly why I ask people to pray for us. Like I think if we, if we could sit here and presume we know exactly how this is all going to roll out in the next five years, I think we're cane ourselves. I think we hired a guy like Mark Birch who has a lot of experience and has a lot of, he's widely read in the area. He has on the ground experience and the idea of church planting and multi campus all that all that stuff is good but even mark he's not a he's not a a, a ringer who can just do this all on his own by no. programatizing the thing enough like i honestly think the the only way we're going to be able to do this and do this in a sustainable way in a healthy way in a way that doesn't make much of us but makes much of jesus is if we just hit our knees and pray for the Lord to move and to give us wisdom yeah. and to help us with the little decisions and the big decisions along the way that we would every step be able to look each other in the eye and say, it, it seems good to us in the Holy Spirit that we'd make this decision at this time because mm. it's going to be the best decision to make. Be- beyond that, I mean, I don't know.
1: So what you're what you're referring to, Adam, is what, we, what we're terming campus constants, what makes a campus of Northview a, a campus of Northview. Uh, and so there, there will likely be a different there. There's there will be a difference between the campuses of Northview that have video and stuff like that that are long term campuses, and there will be a difference with that and the churches that we plant. So we're hoping to come out with a list of what makes a healthy local church, specifically a Northview healthy local church. Here's the list of those things. Hand it. Try to get the people who are church planting with us to buy into that DNA. Uh, spend some time with us, and then go and reproduce that DNA somewhere else. Uh, We will probably hold some of the governance more tightly with the campuses that run the video and other things like that that are nearer to us than we would the governance elsewhere. But this really is the live discussion that we're having on our elder board, with our senior leadership team, with our pastors. Right now, is trying to figure out what those things are, how they function, how to do it. Mark Mark Birch and I are spending a good chunk of the month of November going and researching other churches. There's no church in, in Canada that's actually tried to well, I shouldn't say try, but but is is doing what we're hoping to do. Um, some have d- tried different kinds of of things, um, and do have vision, of course, to plant churches, but they don't have the uh, the desire like we do to to partner with a network of like minded local churches to to do this kind of thing, like a church start a, ch- a single church becoming starting a church planting movement. There are churches in the states that have done this, and so we're going to spend some time with them and say, how did you do it? I already know some of them, and the response is in fits and starts. <laughs> do yeah. you know? Anytime you try to do something like this, it, it becomes uh, hard. But no, I, I one of the things I hear in your in your questions, Adam, uh, and maybe you don't intend it, but I think you do, is I I you don't know you don't know me. People don't know me if they think that my desire is for my face or voice to be the central feature of what Northview Community Church does in the next number of years. Like, I, it, it, if, if if the elders of this church tomorrow said to me, hey, we want you to cut down to 10 weekends a year, I, I'd tell you right now, I would never, I don't have any problem with that. If, if the church found somebody who was a far better preacher than me and was going to come in here and was going to actually be a greater blessing to the church, I would be the first person to say, cool, uh, let's figure out what my future looks like. And if it's here, great. If not, then I'll go somewhere else and try to serve there. I... I really am meaning meaning that I'm not just saying it because it's podcast and a popular thing to say. Oh, look how humble he is! I'm I'm actually mean that my goal is to see the bride of Christ um, flourish and Christ be glorified. Not I couldn't care less if my face is part of it. All right. Okay, that was an awkward pause.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I have a geology joke. <laughs> if you want to hear it. Is no, I think.
0: Uh, yeah, we. Covered a lot. I think we're going to wrap this up, but thank you so much for sharing a bit more of your heart around this, and Greg as well. Uh, I wanted to even go deeper into the East Abbey campus, but we'll have to save that for another time. Um, if you have a question, send one in, and uh, if uh, you got feedback, hey, we just want to hear your stories. How is this uh, podcasting impacting your life? And Even broader than that, we'd love to know your stories about how Northview, the church, is impacting your life through its ministries, through the people, uh, through the preaching, worship, whatever it is. Um, So feel free to share that with us, extra at northview.org. And we also want to end this episode by playing you out with the brand new song from Northview Young Adults, Give You
3: Praise.